0: But we say welcome to the next candidate for election, then. and uh, that is uh, Julie Thomas. Mm-hmm. Welcome to saint FM, Julie.
1: Thank you, Mike, and hello, Vince.
0: Hello, Julie, yes. welcome.
2: And We're the uh, last candidate, but you know what they say. Well, what I'm is not it? going to say it now. Well, what does it say in the Bible? The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Well,
1: don't start with the Bible. No, <laughs> no
2: <I'll call laughs> <the> but <best> are
0: <laughs> I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so, anyway, welcome to saint FM and... Uh, we just ask a few questions and give you fairly free hands we're fully Mm -hmm. aware of that uh, to be able to put across what you why you are going for council and what do you want to achieve and if now you get elected and you get into council and you get in a position of power Mm -hmm. which would be your priority areas and what is the first areas you would address
1: so I've always had a interest in politics um, and I try as much as I possibly can to attend as many meetings that I can, and it's not just for any specific area. I try and show an interest in the wide spectrum that um, makes up St. Helena. So I've been doing that for quite some years. Um, there will be a lot of people out there who will know that I am a member of Unified Saints, and although we haven't been doing a great deal, as in out in the public domain for a while, that has been. That was an eye-opener. Um, I've also been a member of the community. People will remember back in 2013, St. FM Community Radio was formed. I was the founder chair of that. So it's. I'm all about community spirit, Mike. And I don't think at this time, St. um the spirit of St. Helena, is on. Un- on a big positive note at the moment. So I am stepping forward forward as a prospective counselor, with the inner belief and vision that we can provide St. Helena and the community with much needed tangible opportunity to shine and reach our full potential. Now, when I say that, that means there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I still believe that St. Helena is a very special place and my uh, description of it, and you'll see more of that in my manifesto, is that I believe it's a rare and precious gem. Um, I don't think it's been fully discovered, nor has it been given the attention it needs, I guess, to see real success. And um, my my view on this is that it's lack of communication. I think we need to have open communication, and that is two-way. Um, maybe even three-way when you think of it. We are dot in the middle of the South Atlantic. Government needs to communicate to the people. The community needs to be a- able to do the same back. Um, decisions are being taken at the moment, whereby um, at times we don't always understand why those decisions are being taken. It's not put in the public domain at, in a way in which people can really understand. And then we ask why is the community so despondent? So, for me, communication would be one of the first things that I would like to address if elected as a councillor.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, But that goes through all the areas, yes. I mean, from uh, all directions. But any particular area, I mean, like we talked a lot about infrastructure, I think, has been a big thing on the island with telecommunication and electricity. Mm-hmm. Housing has been another big topic. Uh, that a lot of people are interested. Should we look at start at infrastructure, Julie? Right. So, uh, what do you want to see done in that area?
1: So the first thing I would like to see, as I said again, um, even though it's communication is a wide spectrum, we need to know what the vision is. Do we even have a collective vision? do we know what it is that we want for our infrastructure? Does the private sector know what it is that um, our government wishes to see for our infrastructure? Um, Everybody's talking about housing. I think housing has got quite a few different spectrums to it as well. We do need more social housing, but more importantly I think we need affordable housing. Now, Obviously, I've got experience with working in the Bank of St. Helena, um, and I think the team, they are very open to new discussions and to have those open discussions, but are we, as, a, as a, or are, is the government communicating with them and saying, look, this is the plan we have. We're going to release X amount of land, but... This is what we. This is the kind of money. Do you think this is what people can afford? I don't quite understand why government started raising the, the price of land as if it was a private venture. Um, I think that the government should be providing land at more affordable rates, and so that that helps the first-time buyers. It also helps those that have low income brackets. So. Infrastructure for me, obviously, I can see that there's a lot that needs to be done with regards to um, infrastructure as a whole, but until I actually know what is actually on the table at the moment, don't forget, if elected into council, the budget has been approved. You know, we need to know exactly what's on the table. Um, You hear that, oh... um, You know, we've made progress in different areas. What is that progress? So um, even though I understand what you're asking me about infrastructure, the fact that I'm sitting here with you now and I can't tell you exactly what's on the table, that's a big problem, I think, because it means that we can't, Get involved with that process, and I do think that that's a lot why Saint Helena is in the doldrums it is at the moment.
0: You mean that the powers have not been able to sell their ideas, mm-hmm. or not even presented their ideas to the people what mm-hmm. they want to see?
1: Yeah, and what worries me is the ability to go so far ahead down the line of right. We are mo- moving in that direction, or we have the vision to end here, but we don't bring the people on board until. initial group or groups have gone so far down and probably spent quite a lot of money and time doing that and then they expect us all to jump on board and be happy about the process or the progress they've made.
2: Julia can I just wind back to um, you started off on you know more better and obviously more effective communication. communication. Mm -hmm. Now doing what I do with the Saint Helena Independent. I'm mm. regularly firing off emails mm. to um, poor old Karisha, <laughs> 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 um, asking her to field a question that I've got. And very often, the, 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 um, when I'm asking, well, what's happening about this, or can I have an update on that, um, uh, the, the reply I get is along the lines of, oh, well, we've got a group of people who are looking into this at the moment and when they finish their work and made their decision, we'll let you know. Mm -hmm. Now what do you think of that kind of thing?
1: That's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, If you've already gone down the road of somewhat making a decision and then people like me get labelled as negative, it's not negativity, it's I would like to better understand how you reach that decision. You can't uh, expect people to come on board with you if we don't understand why you're going down this route. so I don't accept that kind of response, uh, Vince, because as the media, they could, should be using you as a tool to be able to get out there to the community. I'm not saying that I expect government to spend a big chunk of their time constantly communicating, but if they have a good line of communication with the media, for instance, that will hopefully get the message out there. But I still think the groups need to involve Go outside of government. Don't always think that the solutions are within government. Use your people. Use the private sector. Use people who have skills and experiences. I think the only reason I feel that I know quite a wide spectrum of the private sector, or indeed the community of St Helena, is just by having open communication. You'll be surprised what you learn if you say, I don't understand. Can you tell me more about whatever the subject is?
2: We could talk about this for hours, yes. you and I, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, j- j- I'll just finish with this on that subject. Mm. Um, the, ooh, three, maybe four years ago, mm-hmm. there was a communications strategy, policy, something that i mm. published. I've got a copy. And uh, it was a good one. I had focus groups, you know. Mm-hmm. So this, you, you know, for instance this group that's making this decision in this dark corner of a room somewhere in the castle mm-hmm. would have would have a focus group they'd come out into the daylight <laughs> and invite maybe handpick people or people who have shown interest from mm-hmm. an advert whatever and they'd say right what do you think of this idea just that and bounce you know bounce ideas focus group mm-hmm. brainstorming session call it what you like but i've never seen that happen
1: so, I'm going to go back a few years now, and I probably can't even remember which year it was. The only real open discussion I've attended here on St. Helena that I can recall is when Paul McGinnity came as the social I'm probably not going to title right now, but when they started doing the plan for the social development, the social policy. And I can see me now, up at Jamestown Community Center, people from all different spectrums were put around the table, and it was a brainstorming session. And the work that came out of that, that was the foundation of the Roy Sainsbury report, was very inclusive of, of all the people. I know it's taken a very long time to get it to fruition, but that is how I'd like to see most big projects or developments take place.
2: Right, so, as I say, uh, actually, this communications policy, whatever I'm talking about, um, was authored by Paul McKinney, and then forgotten about, Yeah. when, what's his name, from South Africa, Professor Sarkin, Yes. He dug this out, this policy, and nobody knew about it in in, in the castle. Um, So what I'm getting around to in my rambling Mm -hmm. is uh, there's a culture within government to, oh, we're not ready, we can't tell them Mm. yet because we don't know everything that we should know. And you probably will never know instead of being so know. defensive just yeah. be more open and go out and say look we're looking at this and what do you think about it yeah. and, if think the, and if too many people tell you "Well, it's a load of nonsense then you yeah. say oh well maybe we shouldn't do it
0: we had this actually uh, last week or the week before somebody in government who, said when we asked certain questions I think Lynn's asked certain questions coming back saying that no, we will come back to you when we've made up our mind mm-hmm. that, that's a bit late isn't that <laughs> but you're, and we're talking about com- bit, uh, communication between government and the people that are not government, the rest of the yes. people but how is the communication within government sometimes that seems to be quite weak as well, between okay. different p- portfolios yeah. that we're going to call them in the future yeah. point.
1: so no, I think that's what I'm I'm getting at, I'm not saying that communication is only um, external then, it's also internal Um I have to put my hand up here and say I, I've only spent about 18 months working within the realms of government and I was much younger than what I am now. So I guess a lot of things have changed, but I have spent a lot of time working in a commercial environment and obviously now private sector for the last seven years. and. Communication is key. You can't have good customer services if you don't have good communication. You can't expect the person who is at the front line services to sell your product or service if they don't understand really how important they are in that food chain, if I can call it that. So I, I believe that whether it's infrastructure, whether it is social development, economic development, whatever it is, if we don't tackle the importance and the vitality of communication we we are stepping off on the wrong foot
2: thank you
0: Yes, and we can mention a couple of more. We, we start talking about, about infrastructure and you say more or less that we have to build up a vision, what we want first. Yes. And when it comes to other ones, we mentioned before earlier this morning, we talked about, for example, health. There's quite a lot to do. A lot of people are interested and have views on it. What's your view of where we're going to go forward with health that has been quite severely battered mm. for, for a while?
1: Oh, so health, I would say, is probably um, an area... Look, well, I think we need a healthier environment no matter what. Um, but health, if we can't have a healthy people, then all the rest falls be, um, by the wayside as well. We need to have healthy minds and everything when we talk about trying to build up a better St. Helena. Um, health, for me, is somewhat... A key area we've got an aging population um, we've got um, lack of resources I can't even count how many medical flights we've had this year um, Mike Vince mm-hmm. so even that is it lack of planning is the other thing within government because if we, we keep getting told that we don't have the funding to be able to provide specialist doctors for instance but if we can spend money on all these Medivac flights, surely we should now be looking, can we turn this around and get specialist doctors? And what else needs to go with that specialist to be able to provide a level of service whereby our people can have a better care, for instance? Um, so again, I think with coming from a commercial background, private sector have have it really hard I mean Mike I'm looking at you but I I guess you already know that. We can't say okay the ship didn't bring these things so let's shut the shop down type thing. We have to be innovative and I would like to see our government become more like that. Don't wait until the problem hits on the table there should be you should have be forward planning and have your contingency plan. Private sector is always asked to provide contingency plans. Does government have their own? So health care to me is just like infrastructure. What's the vision? Do we know what's happening? To be in a position where we don't have a surgeon on island and now we've got people going off island potentially with what could be seen as menial, uh, needing menial orthopedic works done. That doesn't reflect well on us.
0: No, it doesn't.
2: No.
0: So what what do we need to do? You mentioned a couple of things here. Is it just down to lack of funding or do you think it's lack of planning in certain oh, circumstances?
1: I, I believe it's a combination of both. And I, and I think, you know, we're always told we need to have a mindset change. Um, you must, you know, have a different um, outlook on life. I'd almost throw that back and say we need to do the same within... The realms of our government. We can't keep expecting innovativeness and creativity from our private sector. That needs to also be within our government. And as the leaders of our island, probably you'd find if there was more of that in-house within government, you would lift, people just see positive people, and it makes you look at things in a different light as well. But right at the moment, we're down in a grim situation. It's really hard to stay positive if you don't know um, what that vision is. I I really believe that's the the first thing. Do we even know what the vision is? We had a 10-year plan. We're four years into it now, Um, although I believe in the national goals. I don't have a problem with the national goals, but are we still track to achieve those national goals? Because if we were, health should be a little bit in a better place, I believe.
0: Yes, but are the, the goals that are set there, are all the targets, are, is it measurable? You mm-hmm. can have goals that, they are a bit, can we say, woolly, aren't yes, they? Yes,
1: definitely. So that's what I'm saying. The goals are there, or the end goal is there. It's a, but wish, it's a wish list. Yeah, but there's mm-hmm. no, no definitive pathway as to how we're going to get to that end goal and I think that can be said for quite a lot of stuff that happens here on St Helena. We always, I'll use the fiber optic cable and I don't want people to think I'm negative about the fiber optic cable because I think that will create wonderful opportunities but can we hand on heart say that we know now that it's landed here, what's the next steps? Have they shared that with us? Do we know what's going to happen next?
0: No, I think we are still uh, waiting.
1: Yes. So that is what, um, that procrastination, that time, it then takes away the positivity of the fiber optic cable because people now don't know, so how long do we wait now to see this thing come in action and, and see the rewards and reap the benefits that's supposedly coming our way? And then the niggly bits start, and I'm not saying that's for the fiber optic cable, but if you look at those big projects, let's use the airport as one. Positive, while wow, a lot of people... Um, You know, we were promised that this was going to be the thing that was the catalyst for development. And yes, I'm also going to acknowledge COVID-19, but I don't blame COVID-19 for the place where St. Helena is. Thankfully, so far, we don't have COVID-19 in our environment. So, yes, I can understand it's had a negative impact on our tourism. But don't we take that opportunity to look now? How can we get our island ready for when tourism kick-starts again? When we are in a better place to, um, what can I say, run this island and have the facilities and services to deal with COVID-19? Because right at the moment, I don't think we have oxygen machine. Came? Do we know where it is? Is it operational? No. So we no. no.
2: were told today. No. We were told today it is still not operational. And why? And how long? Oh, and how long has
0: it been here? Yes. yes first so we waited quite a few years to purchase the oxygen yes. machine, and then we are coming here and we don't commission it. Mm-hmm. It, 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 something. there not that also lack of communication? If we go back and hang it on yeah, that, it's those people in the dark corner again.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is why um, I don't want to sound as if I don't want to focus on any particular area. I just think. All of the people of St Helena should be given the opportunity. Whether we take it or not is two different things. But for those of us, like myself, who'd love to know more about what's happening with regards to the plans for our infrastructure, regards to our education, health, and all the other areas that we have, all the portfolios, I think before I will make any promises about what I'd like to see done in infrastructure or um, you know, what have has to happen to be able to achieve these more effective goals and measurable goals as you just said Mike I want to know exactly what's on the table already and can we have the opportunity to put that out into the public domain and get the people to feed back into it because then I think is the way that we move forward more constructively
2: yeah, I, I, and productively I, again we go back to the culture, I, I, I'm not saying I'm right but I get the distinct feeling that if you don't ask the right question, you won't get the right answer. And if you and if you uh, don't ask the question, you won't get the information. It's not unusual, but there's always a battle between elected representatives and the government mm. officers, always. And it's a, there, there is a battle of wits mm. involved. In
1: yeah. So I think that somewhat brings me on to the ministerial government. Um, that's another thing, you know. We've we've now got the ministerial government. I've looked at the draft, I've looked at the standing orders and all these other things, and you realize, in its current state, no, I'm not happy with it. No, we're near happy with it. Because I, even though I understand the role of councillors and ministers or whatever it is, and the fact that we need to give strategic division, uh, direction if we're successful, whoever's successful, I can't give strategic di- direction On health, let's use health as we were using that one. If I don't understand operationally what they need to, what they need to, um, to provide that service at a high level, a high standard. So I'm not saying I want to go in and ask about every patient's, um, you know, clinical code or anything. But I think even that, come and talk to the workforce, get them to feed in. All that makes a more healthier as I said before, the mindset will be so much more different. So that's where my strengths will be. um, That I think we really need to spend some money on getting the communication right for this island.
2: So that leads me, Julie, to um, a question I've asked a couple of other Mm -hmm. people today on this uh, stint of interviewing. Apart from the, um, the ministers, which is what people first talk about there's also the scrutiny yes. committees. and uh, i'm not sure people are focusing enough on what they do and how important they are um would if you were elected mm. would you think it uh a good use of your time to be on one of those committees yes, to so ask so. the questions
1: i'd like to be on um I love scrutiny. Um, I think it's a positive thing. Um, the only way we can have a, a do the best job possible is if, if you're open to constructive criticism and people say, ha, Julie, have you thought about this and that? Because no matter how good you are and how good or how well you think you know your area, there's always room to improve. And that is where scrutiny comes in. Um, there's never a silly question. Um, I think... The only silly question is not asking any at all. Um, I do have concern, though, that the governor can um, choose the scrutiny committees. Because, again, are we now looking for people who's going to scrutinize government, or are we looking for people to just.
2: Well, the
0: nodding heads.
1: The nodding heads. And I'm tired of the nodding heads.
0: Going back to what you mentioned before, that you are not 100% happy, far from 100% happy as I interpret it, with the constitution as it has been presented. Uh, There are are certain things you would Mm -hmm. like to see. Because one of the first, uh, it must be the first thing you do Mm -hmm. if you are successful Mm -hmm. again and you are a councillor, before election of ministers, before anything else happens, is actually to Ratified the new constitution mm. because it's not law yet. Let's be
2: careful what we're saying here. The constitution has been ratified by whatever it was in the UK. Yeah, but it hasn't passed through legal. When yeah. it comes down to the ministerial code, which is an operational document, and when you read it, you can really see it's been written by a government officer But the constitution but, needs to be passed by, passed by um, the elected members. So
1: but the constitution also. Yes. Needs to be looked at because is it now in line with the preamble to the constitution?
2: Um, but you can't. You, you, you're not in a position to change it, though, surely.
1: Well, if the you may have a view
2: on it, but you don't think you can But if the it.
1: ministerial code is now not in line with the preamble to the constitution. Then oh, right. you see. Oh, oh no, no,
2: that way round. Yeah, absolutely. It's a ministerial code we're looking at, not the constitution itself. So, well, yeah, I think that, that that both, the whole
1: thing, um, everything needs to be looked at because yeah. Oh, yeah. we we can't have now a constitution that's not in line with the preamble, and certainly the ministerial code cannot now. I'm all about keep being held accountable, but I'm not going to be held accountable if. To do the best role I can do, I can't say that this person isn't doing their job properly or not providing me with the right information. I don't see why it is that I should be held accountable for that because I'd like to be able to have the opportunity then and say, well, I've asked for the, almost like you and what you're saying about the newspaper, I've asked the right questions, but I'm not getting the answers. So if the um, public service is going to have so much control over the minister's ability to do their jobs properly then I think we're back to the committee systems again um, Vince, I'm sorry oh, it'll be
2: worse than that yeah. if, if, if this system doesn't work it'll be worse than the committee yes. system
1: well, I mean I'm not going to go down that road now because I think that's exactly why I was concerned about the ministerial system in the first place but no, it's 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 a lot of work to be done, as Mike said, before we start talking about ministers. We need to ensure that the structure to set this on its way on a good footing is that we have the right code and that we um, fully, what is the word, embrace what we're taking on. Because at the moment, I think there's quite a few of us who um, have put ourselves forward for council at the moment. We can see that there's areas for development
2: yeah
0: good thank you. thank you julie yes it's a lot of things we just if, uh, and you have read up well we can hear that a lot of things that will happen before any work actually mm-hmm. can uh, can start yes. because the, the facilities are not there we have to go through the constitution and put that in relation to other legislation mm-hmm. and after that we need to elect the ministers uh, when do you think a new can we say effective, mm-hmm. in quotation mark, uh, ministerial government can be in place? Because it's not day one, is it?
1: No, definitely not day one. I think, Mike, I'd be in a better position to answer something like that um, when first I know if I'm part of that team and then you need to know the, the understand that, that team work as well because um, my... Um, gravest concern at the moment being in the position I am now we are running for council and this I make as a plea to the listening community and that is please listen and absorb what people are saying. Don't just choose because I've heard all all the different ones, you know, oh we need people with experience oh we need new, we need whatever just don't go and think right we need Um, brand new counselors, for instance, instance, and we just choose willy-nilly and we find ourselves back to where we are again. We really need to see what skills and experiences these people are um, bringing to the table and indeed if they're team players. Now, I see myself with quite a lot of leadership qualities, but I also feel that if we can't find a team... I don't want to be seeing ministers getting information that the backbenchers, if I can call them that at this time, don't have access to. How can you set up scrutiny committees if they don't have all the information to scrutinise the decisions that's on the table? So it's all that kind of stuff that I would like to see. before i can say to you right we're going to move heaven and earth and these are the things that we're going to do
0: yeah you actually finish off as you started this interview it is the communication there as well do everybody get the information they need to do their best
2: yes
1: the other thing i think we have lost sight of here is the importance of our people if we don't take the people along on any journey, and I understand that hard decisions need to be taken, and I understand that not everybody is going to like the decisions that's taken, but I, I am confident that if you educate, tell, communicate, whatever it is that you explain. need to do, explain why the decision is being taken, and how long it's going to take to see that change, if that's been implemented, assist or help the the growing development of this island people will more will be more willing to come on board i am not a type of person who will just accept yes that this is the best way forward and and just hope for the best type thing we need to if we want to have a more confident island of people we need to give them the tools and information to work with so that's the other thing I think you all know what I think of sustainable development. I've been an advocate for sustainable development for such a long time. Um, Finance is another area, so you're asking me about areas that I would see myself fitting into. Finance, I love sustainable development. I've got a strong, um, I've got a passion for that, I guess. But our people. And holding on to our core assets. And for me, that is our terrestrial environment, our marine environment, our heritage buildings. What is it that people come to St. Helena to see? They we can't make ourselves little Ibiza for crying out loud. We need to create what is our core you know, use our core assets and use them so that people come here because this is St. Helena and not make ourselves A little Britain or a little whatever it is that we need to have. So that's what I'm trying to portray here. We need to take this opportunity and the window of opportunity I think is slowly closing on us because we're losing a lot of our young people. Education is brilliant. You'll never see me say that, no, stop educating people. We need to educate and we need to, those who wish to go away, I was one of them, take those opportunities, Be use the exposure to broaden your knowledge. But you're not going to attract those people back if you come back here and you're back to... Being stagnant and nobody's listening to you or you're not being given the opportunity to be open and free and feel as if you can do that and it will be seen as a positive and not something that is frowned upon.
0: Thank you very much for that uh, Julie Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a couple of minutes to go to 12 Mm o'clock so we thank you for your uh, input so far. Yes. You, have just, a, well, yes. Yes, you can so, finish off with a couple of words here
1: right, so to you who is um, listening to me right now um, my manifesto will hopefully follow um, in this week's papers so then you can read a little bit more about what I'm talking about and exactly what it is that I stand for um, I'll also be putting out some more information because if anybody knows me they'll know I'll want to be able to talk freely and chat about areas that you would like to talk about that opportunity will come i think just at the moment it is getting through the formality of getting the nomination forms out there um, and then obviously communicating to you what it is my overall perspective is but in the uh, two weeks coming that is the time that i'll be um, giving you the opportunity to speak with me in your comfort zone because I'm not gonna be one knocking on people's doors. I just think that you know me well enough and I think if there's something you want to um, talk to me about, feel free to contact me. So that's me, um, and as I said, there's a lot of Thomases, so make sure you look at that, that ballot paper very, very closely and make sure you're voting for the right one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, whatever, you throw, <laughs> <device>. <laughs> yeah, whatever you throw a you stone, throw, you hit a Thomas, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Julie, and good luck in your campaign.
1: Thanks, everyone. <laughs>